0: Topics that concern your life, your community, and your safety. This is 50 Info on Arizona's news station, KTAR News, 923 FM. Here's what you need to know. Thank you for joining us for another edition of the 50 show. I'm Jamie Rothschild, the host of the show, joined by Ed, the producer. Ed, thank you for what you do each and every week. We truly appreciate you. Today I am joined by a friend, Don Steinmetz. Thanks for being here, Don. Ah, thank you for having me, Jamie. I paused because it was when I was working with you, it was I, your sergeant, uh, and it was hard to ever get out of the habit of not saying sergeant's diamonds. but uh, there was a couple of things I really appreciated about your career. Before we talk about where you are today, I thought you had a really cool job working at the airport in the canine unit, but I really appreciated that you were part of what we call the CISM, Critical Incident Stress Management Team, and I always had a a very deep appreciation about how you helped people and made it look very easy, very casual, very conversational. When you look back on your career throughout the police department, uh, if you're willing to talk about it. Please include what you miss most about it, because my guess is, with with you, it's probably the people you miss.
1: Well, it's not even necessary. It's it's the certain people within the organization. Everybody talks about you know that's the thing they miss when they retire is those people they worked with and those people uh, i also miss the people that uh, the general people that you uh, interacted with every day i mean you don't interact with bad people all the time you don't interact with people with problems yet in police work uh, they never call you over there because you they have extra birthday cake it's usually because somebody stabbed somebody with the birthday knife so needless to say uh, you, you're over you're always at somebody's house or place or a situation at their worst times is that a thing of
0: birthday a knife, by the way, I've not heard
1: of that. Before, I don't know. That? That's a, I think there's such a thing.
0: But no, you're right. And so for a lot of folks, it's easy to become jaded. You, you never did. You always had an incredible outlook. Was that something you had to intentionally do?
1: No, you know, it's it's a it's 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 a how do you just deal with things in life now i I had the my life was pretty complicated from when i was small and everything and and not the most positive situations occurred for me so uh when you have that kind of background and everything else uh, you try to take more positive like for example when you when you think about comedy comedy is is tragedy plus time equals comedy so you take whatever tragic events you see or or have experience and you try to flip them in a way some people you alcohol unfortunately some people use anger i used to uh, try to use a sense of humor
0: and you talked about childhood is is being in law enforcement something that early on you said yeah i need that in my life or did it come later in life. How did that, how did you get to become a cop? Oh, yeah. My dad was a police officer in the
1: Midwest and not my, mind you, I didn't, I almost became a police officer in spite of him because I don't feel he was the best representation of a person that should have been a police officer. He was a kind of a mean, old school, hardcore guy. I mean, my brothers got in trouble all the time. They used to smoke a lot of weed. In fact, he would do his contraband searches in their rooms once in a while and if he didn't find any weed, he'd just plant it. So uh, he was uh he was just one of those old school hard to core guys and I I, I was kind of rudderless in the seventies, not I was poor, didn't couldn't afford to go to college. And it was either the military or some kind of job where high school education could get you back in the seventies. And uh I came to Phoenix to visit my mother and uh and did a construction job and all of a sudden the phoenix police department opened up and i took the test and and i put my check mark and they said hey you put a check mark we come on in back then and uh and uh, the rest is history but i didn't want to be what he was so i kind of became a police officer out of the fact i didn't have a college degree it was an opportunity at the time you didn't need one and uh, and it's an interesting job
0: if you do it right now the the one challenge of radio so i think the greatest benefit of radio is people lean in because the inflection means so much but what we can't show them is your face you're kidding about your dad planting the weed but that so seamlessly worked into the stories you tell. How hard was becoming a storyteller? You talked about comedy, and, and I want to launch into that in a second, what you've done. How hard was it to become? I, I, can t- I You really are a master storyteller, and you always have been. But now you've been able to take that into something else. That gift to gab, that must have helped you during p- your times as a police officer tremendously.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, the. Uh, I've always had to use some kind of... Uh, this verbal skill, if you will, the you know to throughout my entire life to get me out of certain situations and stuff like that, uh, again, like I said, when I was youthful, it was kind of rough, so you had to find your way around it, and i tried to use that skill and humor humor disarms people immediately uh when you use it when you have a sense of humor uh, and you're around people that have a sense of humor and i've learned it from other people as well watching them uh, it disarms people it 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 it, uh you know the especially if you're in a police officer in uniform and you got a sense of humor and you're, you are you appear approachable, it makes it a little bit easier to get whatever task you're about to do, to do. So I've been using kind of humor little by little, and it wasn't until later on in my life that I realized I could
0: do more with it. Okay, tell me if I'm wrong. I think that a lot of people believe if you're funny, they say, oh, you should be a stand-up comedian. Those two things are not always even close to the same. You can be a master storyteller, and not make it in stand-up comedy. Talk, please, a little bit about what stand-up comedy is, how you got into it, and where you are now.
1: Uh, first of all, there's always those. There's different types of humor people use. Like law enforcement and first responders have a darker sense of humor because of the tragedies and things they see on a daily basis. They use that as a coping mechanism. So there's some weird humor that could be involved in in that. There's uh, people that have, have had abuse in their life or do something else. A lot of comics have tragedy in their past and and whereas so what you do is you develop this sense of coping it with humor and uh so you, you stand up so there's people that can go out and tell the joke joke like at the water cooler type joke and everybody thinks he's funny. They go, "Oh, he's funny. You should go do something." But he's just like one of those water cooler guys uh, who took stole some joke from somebody other than the water cooler. Uh, whereas you get people that when uh, you start taking your life experiences and developing it into to talking to people and then punching it up with humor that's when you start making that transition from like the joke joke guy at the water cooler to somebody has the capacity to tell stories yet make them humorous like me i do a lot of self deprecating humor to provide you know like i'm i'm the reason for this not happening uh and or something of that nature so it's it's a transition it and it takes a little bit of uh Experience and exposure to that kind of thing because it's not that easy. You could tell a joke joke. Anybody could do that. They memorize a joke joke. But to start to relay your life experiences or experiences in life and
0: make them funny, that's, that's a huge difference. It, it's funny to me to watch, not funny, haha, it's ironic to me to watch you talking so seriously about something that I think a lot of people think is so easy. And I, and I love watching comedians when you get two good comedians in a room together, yes, it's funny, but how they build up and tear down and that, that those exchanges, I just think, are fascinating to watch. Do you find that you're very like-minded and bond quickly with those who are doing comedy? Oh, no,
1: it's almost like having two cops in a donut shop. You're competing for the same donut. So uh, when you have two comedians in the room, sometimes they're competing for the same laughs. It depends on the circumstances. Sometimes you like to be the only comedian in the room. So everybody goes, hey, there's a funny guy. Let's let's see what kind of junk comes out of his mouth right now. But sometimes uh, I love uh, being around other comedians because I either learn something every single day, and I've been doing stand up for eighteen years. I, I, I've been I, I learn something every day from these guys, and they, and and most of them are willing to give, and and that's the it's a it's a it's a, it's a kinmanship, a friendship that that uh, that it, it, you don't have to be their friend. You could just have met them and then all of a sudden you're, you you talk about a common thing. But Donnie, just, isn't
0: that like police work? Right? I it, mean, it's, it's,
1: it's re- got to be very similar, right? It's like being a doctor or a nurse or a police officer or a firefighter. I mean, you've got this uh, you got the same common idea or, or thoughts or what's going through your head. So it's really kind of cool. I hang out with so many comics. Some of the f- famous ones that came through through town and i've worked some of the bigger clubs uh throughout parts of the country and some of these big comics you would think that you've seen on tv and you go oh my gosh this guy uh, you know you you want to just like stand in a corner and just look at him go oh he's i'm not worthy for him to talk to me and then next thing you know he's just a comic and he's treating you just like you've been uh, it was just the most amazing kinship you develop immediately with these guys
0: What's the greatest high? Now you would think for a comedian it's laughs, but there's got to be something that you aspire to where you're like, "That was the greatest set," or I felt I connected with the audience. What's the most rewarding uh, for a comedian? What makes you feel like I, I got it done that night?
1: Man, it's like anything else. It's like uh, chasing the white whale out there. You know, uh, uh, you'll have a great set one day. It's subjective. Comedy's so subjective. Uh, especially in today's day and age, um, you can have an audience. Jimmy, Johnny Carson did this one time. I remember reading an article. It was, but he was talking about how he. A lot of comedians, unbeknownst to a lot of people, like even Robin Williams and stuff like that, they didn't go up there and just invent a completely new set every single time they went up there. They had an idea what they're going to talk about. They may have a set list, if you will. Johnny Carson remembers doing a set where it just crushed, killed everybody, loved it, and then the next next show that same night, it was just. Horrible! It was just like he bombed, and everything else like this. And I remember reading about that, and that's what it is. You're chasing that laughter, but you know that 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 if you have a great set, the the seven o'clock show, the nine o'clock, you got to start back over. You got to reboot, and, and just you got to put the same energy into it, and hopefully. That subjectiveness of their laughter will catch on and you'll have another good. So you're always chasing that killer set because you're always going to have a set that's going to bomb and it's going to put you in a depressive mode for a long time until you get that next killer set. So it's one of those things.
0: Who do you look at, who's in the field that you say that person is not just funny, but their comedic genius, their timing, the way they word it, who, who do you look at and think that person has crafted, his has perfected his craft, his art, their art? You know, there's a lot of guys that have, and it depends
1: on, again, uh, comedy is subjected to what you like. Like, uh, I may like somebody like Dave Chappelle, while others don't like what he says. I like uh, Jim Gaffigan, because he's a real clean comic, and he does this whole set on, you know, he does this. Each one has such a wonderful skill set that I don't like to pigeon. Some of the comics that I think are just absolutely brilliant are these unknown comics that, Come to the club that you've never seen before that they're working the road or they're locals or friends and they're just they crush and and you go, wow, why aren't they famous? But needless to say, I mean, it's so it's hard to pinpoint one
0: person because the whole thing is fun. I have to like Jim Gaffigan also. He did a bit on uh, – I'm from Rochester, New York, and he did a thing on uh, a restaurant back there, so I automatically became a fan. But he is – you're absolutely right. He is a clean comic, and I would imagine being a clean comic has to be harder than – because there's there's you got to stay within some guardrails. Have you found that that is a, a harder lift, or are they both uh, – Parameters, you know, not parameters?
1: You know, it's, it's, it's depending on the comic. Uh, I'm like a PG-13 guy. I don't go what they call all the boy blue and, and like crazy stuff and try to shock you into to, uh, some kind of laughter. But it's also rougher... I've done clean gigs and I, I can do it, but it's rougher for me w- knowing the the st- where stand up comedy evolved from. It's an adult kind of thing where I go to some place where it may be at a little venue, even a church, and then you have all these little kids in there that don't have a concept what la- funny is unless it's related to a blue dog. So it's one of those things where uh, it, my my little my wheelhouse is right in the pg-13 stuff just talking to adults
0: don i can't thank you enough for being here today um and i'll tell you why because a lot of times people in any career they never think of what's next and you have reinvented yourself you've probably added years to your lives and to many others to your life and to many others because uh the gift of laughter is an incredible gift and i know that you facilitate other comics you've you've opened uh you manage a place you you're just fully engaged so thank you not only for what you did in the police career, but thank you for what you're doing now, and thank you for being here today. Thank you to Bonneville for this time. Thank you to add our producer, and thank you to you, the listening audience, for all you do to keep your community safe. Until next week, stay safe. You've been listening to 5 info on Arizona's news station, KTAR News 92.3 FM. For more about Silent Witness... Go to silentwitness.org. That's silentwitness.org. Or call 480-WITNESS. That's 480-948-6377.